You're welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Chinedu Nwosu of The Bridge, A Simple Church. Stay back and be blessed. to our feet. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 28. Let's conclude on what we started last two weeks. Acts 28 verse 1 to 10. Acts 28 verse 1 to 10. Rise to your feet for the reading of the word. I want to go straight into my, to the point because I want to make sure I let you out early today because we took a bit of time last week Sunday. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 28 verse 1 to 10. Acts 28 verse 1 to 10. Can you see? Uh, can you read it? All right. Let's read together. One to go. I want to hear somebody excited. Read it out with uh, gusto and with zeal. Acts 28 1 to 10. One to go. Okay, stop. I can't hear you. Can we go again? Acts 28, 1 to 10. 1 to go. They knew that the island was called Melita. Ah. Okay, I think it's the version. All right, calm down. Can we use the version on the screen? Okay, just look at the screen or the KJV. Is the KJV on the screen? Oh, no, no, no. Don't we have KJV? Please don't put Amplified Food KJV. You have KJV now? Good, KJV. All right, let's go. One, two, go. And when they were escaped, and they knew that the island was called Melita, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled the fire and received us every day. One, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Verse 3. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came out a viper out of the heat and fasted onto his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanged on his hand, they said amongst themselves, no doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. Verse 6. Howbeit they looked when he should have swallowed, or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, and saw no harm come to him, they chained their minds, and said he was a god. And the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days cautiously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hand on him and healed him. So when he was done, others also which were diseased in the island came and they were healed, who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laid it us with such things as were necessary. Emphasis of verse 3 and verse 8. Let me read to your hearing. Verse 3 and verse 8. I can hear the echo from the house on the stage. And verse 8. It says, And when Paul had gathered bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came out a viper out of the heat and fastened unto his hand. And when the barbarians, thank you, saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered him to live. Hold that verse and then to verse 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Verse 3, he says, the viper came 
and fastened onto his hand. A few days later, the same hand which the viper fastened and bit him was the same hand that was healing Publius or the father of Publius. So a few days before, that hand was being attacked by the enemy. A few days later, the hand was doing wonders in the land of Melita. So the title of my message, like I said a couple of weeks ago, is your wounded hand will become your wonder hand. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, you didn't hear me. I said your wounded hand will become your wonder hand. All right, walk around to somebody and just help me say, let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. I didn't say, say anything. Just say, let me just see your hands first. Let me see your ha- one of your hands. Now tell that person that your wounded hand shall become your wonder hand. Now, come on, he don't believe you. He don't believe you. You didn't say it properly. Say it like a preacher. Tell him your wounded hand shall become your wonder hand. Tell him, tell him, you know, come look at somebody else. Look at somebody else and tell him, your wounded hand, say it like your pastor. I want you to preach it like your pastor. Tell him, your wounded hand shall become your wonder hand. Tell him, your wounded hand shall become your wonder hand. Your wounded hand shall become your wonder hand. Father, we thank you. Be thou exalted, be thou glorified, be thou magnified. For we know that you are here this beautiful day to complete and to finish what you started. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise because we know that you're already moving from the pews, from the pulpit into the pews. Touch somebody's life today. Touch somebody's relationship today. Touch somebody's business before today. Touch that part that has been affected, afflicted, and attacked by the enemy. And let there be a massive turnaround to, do, to be a part that will produce wonders and good things in the name of Jesus. Do what only you can do in the service as I decrease, increase, and move like you want to move in the service today in Jesus mighty name we pray and everybody shout aloud amen lift up your voices shout aloud amen oh come on sing like a song shout aloud amen give God glory somebody and say your wounded hand shall become your wonder hand glory to God you may be seated your wounded hand shall become your wonder hand. God, last two weeks I started a conversation and I started with, by the way, let me say thank you for coming to church today. You know, when it rains sometimes, some of us are like, oh man, let me just enjoy my sleep. But you guys uh, came out of sacrifice because this is called the sacrifice of service. The sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. God honors your sacrifice for being in the presence of God. And you will not live here the same in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So we started last week. I'm going to just race through very, very, very quickly on what we discussed last week. We talked about... um, Malta moment. How many of you remember your Malta moment referring to Paul's fourth missionary journey as he was moving and being carried or transferred from Caesarea where he was held prisoner. He was now being moved to Rome to stand trial before before, uh, Caesar. So we discussed how that he was going and now he met a, uh, a very tempestuous storm in Acts chapter 27. We talked about it a few day, a few weeks ago. And now he was, after surviving the storm, he was now in the city or an island, an unknown island called Malta or Melita. So I called, another name for Melita is the word Malta. So he was in an island called Malta. And I said Malta moments. And while he was there, he came into his Malta moment. His Malta moment. What is a Malta moment? The Malta moment is that tipping point when the devil gets too far. And now God has to respond with a miracle. 
You see, I don't believe the devil is as intelligent as we make him be. Because if he were that intelligent, he should have known that you are in the hand of God and God works all things together for your good. But you see, the devil is not that smart because he doesn't realize that the thing he heaps into your life, God has the capacity because he's God to walk it together for your good. So he can throw in the ugly things, throw in the difficult things, make like a living hell for you in the office, make your marriage a living hell, make your business look like it's going to go broke. But the Bible says all things. Look at somebody say all things. It says all things, all things. I love the word all because in Greek all means all. In Igbo all means all. In Hausa all means all. All means all. It means everything. The good, the bad, and the ugly. God is able to work them all out together for your good. For them that love God and those who are called according to purpose. So, so once you love God and once you are on purpose, God is going to walk all things but the devil is not that smart to know it so he throws you this throws you that throws you that throws you up and down not knowing that it's working together for your good so no matter what you go through no matter what the enemy throws at you no matter the moment you find yourself just know that God is going to work it out for your good so Paul came to his mortal moment came to his mortal moment where God, the devil pushed him so hard. This man has just survived the storm, yet you bring your viper to come and attack him. He's trying to gather some sticks, yet you hide a viper in the midst of the sticks. He's trying to warm up himself, yet you bring your viper to come and attack him. So he had been through so much and God had to show up in a mighty way. So we've gone through all of that. We discussed it a couple of weeks ago and I, I remember I said the three things that you do when you find yourself in your mortal moment. Number one, you gather the sticks and you set the sticks on fire. You gather the sticks and set the sticks on fire. How many remember that from two weeks ago? Gather the sticks and set the sticks on fire. And when you have set the sticks on fire, the next thing is that you better be careful because there's some snakes hiding in the sticks as well. So you shake the snake off into the fire. How many of you remember that? Yeah, you remember that? That was when I sang the song, shake, shake, shake into the fire. So you shake the snakes into the fire. I won't go through that. If you were not here two weeks ago, you need to get yourself the CD, get yourself the tape, or go to YouTube or Facebook and go and watch it. Now the the third thing you do after you have shaken the snakes into the fire, the third thing you do is you stand strong in the midst of the confusion. Why? Because there's something you know that your enemies don't know. There's something you know that your critics don't know. So that's the three things we talked about last week. I want to continue with four, three other things that will eventually happen to you as you go through your mortal moments and the things that will happen when you stand your ground. Hallelujah. So I take up my conversation today as we go to verse, verse, verse Verse, uh, verse 3 or verse 4. And when they saw the, the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said amongst themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. So they saw this man had come survived the storm. They had given him fire. They had given him sticks. And they felt that the moment he was trying to warm himself, a viper came out and stuck to his hand. So the people around concluded. They drew conclusions on his situation. And they said to themselves, no doubt this man must have done something evil. Murderer? Paul? Murderer? 
It was because of Paul they survived the shipwreck in the first place. How could he have been a murderer? He was the one who was sent on God's assignment to take the gospel to all the Asia Minor, to the Gentile world. How could he be a murderer? But you see, the critics did not know what assignment God had given to Paul. So they gave Paul a name based on the circumstance that Paul found himself. Listen to me. People are always going to give you a tag or a name because they don't understand what you're going through. And they are most likely going to give you a negative name because they're looking for a way to bring you down. Can you hear what I'm saying this Sunday morning? So you're going through something. It is so easy for people to give names to things they don't understand. So you see the lady. She's doing well. She's just bought a new car and she's just moving to her new house. The most likely thing they're going to say if it's a lady in Abuja is what? Hello? Is what? Bronze girl. That's what they're going to say. They're most likely going to say she has one sugar daddy that is taking care of her because they don't understand what you've been through. They don't understand that you've been through your multiple moments. They don't understand what you, how hard you have walked or how much God has blessed you. They're going to give you a tag based on what will make them feel good about what you're going through. So they're going to say that this person has done that that thing negative or that thing not right. Why? Because it just makes them feel happier when they know that your success is not because of what the Lord has done in your life but because of what somebody, what you have done with yourself or what you have connected yourself to. So they're going to give you a name based on what they think makes you bring come down to their level and makes them justify their lack of success. Can I talk to somebody here? So he's doing well. He's doing good. They're going to say most likely that he is a bandit. Or he's done something crazy in the office. Why? Because they can't justify why you should be doing well. And they are not doing that well. So you've got to be very careful with those you hang out around. Because they're going to try to bring you to their level. They're going to try to bring you from being divine and supernatural to bring you to the place where you'll be natural just like them. So they said to themselves, no doubt this man must be a murderer. This man must be evil because even though he has survived the sea, right now he is still going through a difficult situation. So they're going to tag you and give you a name. They're going to give you a reputation. They're going to call you all sorts of things just because they want to bring you to their level. They want to understand what is going wrong. And by the way, when people don't understand what's happening in your life, they look for a tag to give you. You must learn to refuse that tag. You must learn to not accept the tag. So the Bible says that the moment they said that it was probably that John, that Paul was a murderer because of what he went through, the next thing they did was that now they have given you a tag, they're going to watch to see if you will walk in the vein or you will walk in the path of the tag that they have called you. Are you with me this Sunday morning? So they said, ha, he's a murderer. So it is good that he must be evil. So he must suffer. And then the Bible says that when they gave him the tag, I don't know if Paul heard or didn't hear, but the most important thing is you have to shut your ears to what people say you are. Look, if you are doing something good, they're going to say complain. They're going to say something. If you're doing something bad, they're going to say something. So the point is just keep doing what God has called you to do. Let them say what they will say anyway. What they say have absolutely nothing to do with who you are or what God has called you to do. So she smashed the exam. He must have cheated. He must have taken, he knows the lecturer. 
So she got all A's. Oh, yes, he must have slept with the lecturer. Oh, he did all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll give you all sorts of names. They will call you all sorts of things. So the Bible says when they called Paul that, the next thing they did was to see if Paul would align to what they said. Because naturally, if you're a murderer and you have been bitten by a snake, the Bible says there, they expected he will swell up. They expected he will fall down. They expected he will die. But they kept watching. They kept looking. They kept expecting. This man refused to fall. They kept expecting. Hours passed. Minutes passed by. He was still standing. Hours passed by. He was still standing. Days passed by. They were still standing. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, look at me right now. Because you're going to keep looking as I keep going up. So you just keep looking while I keep rising. You see, the more they were looking, Paul was standing. The more they were looking, expecting he will fall, the man refused to fall. The more they were looking, expecting he will swell up, Paul refused to swell up. Look at your neighbor and say, you can keep looking at me. You can keep looking at me. Say, look as much as you want. Because the more you look at me, the more you expect for me to go down, I will keep rising up. Why? Because I know the God that I serve. Oh, slap your neighbor a high five. Say, you keep looking, honey. You keep looking, honey. You keep looking, brother. You keep looking, sister. You keep looking, my friend. You keep looking. Uh, look at me from the corner of your eye. Look at me as much as you want. Uh, the more you keep looking, the more I keep rising. Uh, slap your neighbor a high five. Tell him I'm rising. Uh, tell him I know the economy is bad, but I'm rising. Uh, I know you heard I lost my job, but I'm rising. Uh, I know you heard I lost my this or that, uh, but I'm rising in spite of what I go through. Look at your neighbor. Say, you keep looking. When I keep rising, so they were looking, they kept looking, but the man refused to fall. I have people who have said they will not last, they will not last. You keep looking and see us keep rising. Can I talk to somebody here? Oh, they told you in your office, let's see how far you will go with this your shenanigans. But you need to tell them when you get back, maybe don't say it to their faces, but when they walk by, say, You keep looking. I keep rising. Ah, oh, so they said, Oh, let's see how far this business that he has just started, he's booming now. Oh, wait, it's a season, it's seasonal. When the season comes and goes, that thing is going to collapse. You tell them, You keep looking while well, I keep rising. You keep looking, don't go and mind your own business and build your own business. You keep looking at me and hoping I will fall because the more you look, the more I rise. Holy Ghost fire. You keep looking while I keep rising. You keep looking while I keep rising. So you're walking by. Tell the person, you keep looking while I keep rising. Oh, you're peeping into your, your neighbor. is looking at your own flat. Oh, you tell them, you keep looking. I will keep rising. You keep talking. I will keep rising. Don't mind your own business. Remind my own business. The more you mind my business, the more I rise. And your business goes down. Look at somebody again and tell them, you keep looking while I keep rising. So Paul was standing strong and then they were looking at first they said that this man must be a murderer but when he did not fall when he did not when he did not swell you know what happened they changed their minds about him if you want your critics i don't even want to use enemy because sometimes they don't have to be your enemy they just have to be your critic you know their critics and their enemies right your enemies mean evil for you but your critics don't really mean that well for you 
There are two different things. Your enemies want you to fall. Your critics don't just want you to rise. They want you to remain where you are. Remain where they are so two of you are in the same place. So your colleague in the office that you're vying for the same position, he's not your enemy. He's not your enemy. He doesn't really want you to fail. It's just that you're vying for the same position. So he'd rather you remain where he is as long as he is here or let him get promoted before you. So they are critics. So, so, so the point is to change the mind or change the thinking or the ideas of your critics, you just keep doing what you are doing and don't respond to what they are saying or what they are looking at. So the Bible says that Paul kept on standing and when they observed that this man who is supposed to fall is still standing. When they observed and they calculated that this lady who by now the windfall or the deal that she got the money would have been exhausted. When they looked at her salary must have finished by now and she was still looking fresh and nice. They changed their minds and said he is no more a murderer. He must be a God. Can you imagine that? A few hours he was a murderer and right now he's a God. So that means that what men think about you as much as it might be painful the truth is it does not last. It's transitory. It's transient. What they say about you is transient. That's why you should never let your life be decided by what they say. Can you hear what I'm trying to say? Never let what they say about you define what your mission is, what your vision is, what your goal is, where you're going to, because what they say is only transient. They're saying it now, they will not say it tomorrow. It might be good now, it might, it might not be so good tomorrow. It might be bad now, it might not be bad tomorrow. My point is, whatever they say, good or bad, never let it get into your head. You don't hear what I'm saying. Never let it get into your head. Oh, he's all good. He's all so nice. He's so strong. He's so intelligent. He's so gifted. Don't let it get into your head because the same people who said he's so gifted let the situation change. They'll be the ones to attack you and crucify you. Oh, can you hear what I'm saying? The same men who was calling, calling Jesus, Lord, 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 were the same ones saying crucify him, crucify him. Don't be in a hurry to make your life fit what people are saying about you. You just keep doing what God said you should do. Uh, they will change. They will be high today. They will be up today. That's their business. So the same people who said that he was a murderer. In other words, the same people who said he was a devil changed their mind and said he was a God. I want to speak to somebody in here. They have called you all sorts of things. They have called you all sorts of terrible things. They've given you names. They've called you poor. They've called you ugly. They've called you barren. They've called you unfruitful. They've called you stubborn. They've called you A. They've called you bad. But if you stand strong, the same men who said that you were evil are going to turn around and they're going to say that you are a God. If you believe it, somebody shout aloud, Amen. The same people that pulled you down in the office they're going to be the ones to recommend you when it's time the same people that turned make your life a living hell they're going to be the ones to turn your life around i remember blind bartimius is by far my best character in the bible oh when they saw jesus passing by blind bartimius was shouting he said some jesus son of mercy son of uh, son of what son of david have mercy on me at first they told him shut up blind bartimius but after a while when he refused to shut up, he continued to say what he was saying. They said, blind Bartimius, come, the master wants to see you. 
Imagine if he stopped talking and he listened to what they were saying. The master would not have seen him. The same men that said, shut up blind Bartimius were the same men that rose up and said, come, the master collect thee. Slap your neighbor a high five. Tell him, you keep doing what you're doing. Don't imagine. Don't let what they say confuse you. Don't let what they say discourage you because the same mouth that said you will not succeed, that same mouth is going to be the one to carry you to the places that you need to go. Can I talk to somebody in here? God is sending men to go in front of you. They are going before kings and before queens. They are standing before palaces. Guess why they are there? They are there because they want to call your name before the king. Slap your neighbor a high five. Say somebody is calling. Somebody is calling your name. Somebody is calling your name in the right quarters to the right people. If you believe it, somebody shout yes! So they called him the devil today, but before you knew it, they were calling him a god. All in the space of a few hours. Isn't that amazing? You imagine if he started crying, Father. See these people. After everything I'm doing for you, now they're calling me a devil. Is it fair? I've been in church. I've been walking. I've been a walker. I've been serving you. And they're calling me a god. See what they are saying. You think you care about what people say too much. You find out what God told you to do, stick to it, and those guys who called you crazy, they're going to call you normal and super normal tomorrow. Those people who said that you were barren are going to come for your naming ceremony, carry your baby and dancing with you. Those who said you will never marry, yo, oh, they're going to call them up one day and say, come for my wedding. I have a dear friend who, who is, who is I think he's turning 47, 47 this year. It's a lady, pretty, intelligent, spiritual. But, you know, when we were in school, every guy wanted to date her. She was just too much. Everybody. But for some reason, I know, I know some of the reasons. She said no. So she left, she left school, became a consultant, doing well, but no man. So at the point, we even stopped talking, talking about it, you know. It becomes uncomfortable. When you want to bring up the conversation, you don't talk about it, you just leave it. Then one day she calls me out of the blue. Oh, well, I wasn't a critic, I was a friend, even. <laughs> she calls me out of the blue. I said, Double C, double C, double C. I just got married last week. Oh. I was like, Wow! So at 47, she got married to a nice good dude. I'm yet to meet the dude. Nice guy. I hear spiritual guy doing well and guess what she was accelerated faster than normal because she now inherited two teenage children you need to celebrate so she inherited two teenage children so everything she lost she got back with just one click of the button or one I do <laughs> one I do to say one I do the point I'm trying to make is, now, I can imagine if there were critics before, the same people, well, she tried, she didn't invite a lot of people for the small event. She was like, those are their critics. So, the same people who criticized her, right now, they're going to be celebrating and making noise and dancing with her. Never let your critics be the one to define your life. Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to you? So, they called you this, they called you single, hold on. 
Wait on for a moment and see what God's going to do. They called you crazy? Uh, just relax. Just keep doing what God told you to do. Be faithful in what God told you to do. They're going to call you. They're going to celebrate you. They said you're this and you're that. Don't let them confuse you. You do what God told you to do and you will see what will come out of it. Hallelujah. So Paul therefore transformed the reputation he had. He moved from being called evil to being called God in a few minutes. But that's not even the message. Now the main message is that the next thing there is that when that happened, listen to me, listen to this. When that happened and they saw that this man would refuse to die, they began to call him a God. They now discovered that there were people who were sick. So they told themselves that if this man who is meant to die, listen, this man who is meant to die is alive, then he must know something about getting those who are dead back to life. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? So if this man who was destined to die, I refuse to die and still alive, then anybody who is about to die that comes to this man, this man must know something that can bring that person back to life. So that that thing that was a problem before became the platform for the revelation of the great things in his life. So God used that situation as a platform for a revelation of what Paul knew on the inside. So that what they thought so Paul used the, the God used the negative as a platform to enforce the positives in Paul's life. God used that mean bad situation in his life as a platform for a revelation of what he could do in the city of Malta. So they came and they gathered all those that were sick and they said, Paul, if you can defy death then you can certainly make sure that anyone in this house will not die. So the Bible says they brought all those who were sick. And guess what Paul did? Paul took the same hand that was bitten by the snake and he laid the same hand upon those who were sick so that the hand which was wounded a few weeks ago became the hand that was healing and doing wonders a, day, a couple of days later so that the things that the enemy thought he could attack you with have now turned around to become the place where God is going to work out a miracle not just in your life but in the life of everybody around you that's why you should never cry or complain when you're going through hell because when you survive the hell then you know something about getting people out of hell because you too you have been there before can I talk to somebody right now the best person to preach to you about being rich is somebody who was rich became broke and became rich again he knows how to get broke and become rich the best person to tell you about what it means to be healed is somebody who was sick became healed and now is healed again who was sorry, who was healed became sick and became healed later he knows what it takes to be sick and to come out of that painful situation the best person to tell you how to make sure your marriage works is somebody who's been through hell in their marriages and they survived the hell and now they're doing well so I want to tell you this Sunday morning that that pain that you've gone through that situation you went through was God setting you up so to give you an equipment give you the scars so you can go back and get some Somebody who is in that situation healed in the name of Jesus can I talk to you this Sunday morning walk around to somebody and tell the person what is the worst thing that has ever happened to you come on what is the worst thing that has ever happened to you what is the worst thing happening to you right now what is the worst thing happening to you right now tell him don't cry about it don't complain about
about it tell him when God delivers you God wants you to go back and deliver those who are going through that same situation right now hey what have you gone through lately God made you go through it so you can go back and pull somebody out of that mess so maybe you are crack you are addicted to crack addicted to this addicted to that when God delivers you your responsibility is to go back to those people who are going through the thing you're going through now and get them so you know why because your ministry is locked in your misery your ministry is locked into your ministry your misery let me say that again your ministry is sometimes locked into your misery so the same places you have gone through hell that's the same place you need to go and get those who are going to the same hell out of that place that's why you went there hey. the same cross that they crucified him on has now transformed to be the cross that is for our salvation they thought they were crucifying him what they did not know that God was using the cross as a platform for the revelation of what he can do so he can get you saved oh they took Paul and they locked him in the prison cell in Philippi and when they locked him there that prison cell became the place where he could deliver the jailer and the family of the jailer because your wounded hand has a way of being your wonder hand. Oh, the best person to tell you how not to, to go and minister to those and reach out to those who are cocaine addicts is somebody who has been an ex-addict. The best person to minister to prostitutes, commercial sex workers, is somebody who has been there before and knows exactly what it takes to be there because we can be so judgmental you don't know the circumstance that has driven somebody to something and all you know is in your home your good church dress you cross your leg he is that she is that you will never really be able to understand what the person has gone through do you know that's why God the father is not the one who came to save us but the son do you know why God had to become man Go through what man is going through so that it will qualify him to understand what men go through. So the Bible says we have a high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. What qualifies Jesus to be the one who is our high priest to represent us to the Father is that he is touched by the feeling of your infirmities because he was a man and he was tested in every way you can be tested. It's just that there was no sin that was found in him. So he knows what it feels like when you can't pay your bill and our largey is about to take you out. He knows what it feels like when the landlord is at your door and you don't know how to survive. He knows what it feels like when your, your wife is about to give birth. You need so much money and somebody is waving some crazy cash in front of you tell you do A or B or C. He knows what it feels like. He knows what it feels like. That qualifies him to be our high priest standing before God on our behalf. That place where you have been attacked gives you a little idea of what God wants you to do in the kingdom of God. Why? Because your wounded hand is usually has a very strong indication to your wonder hand. 
What have you gone through lately? What have you gone through lately? What scars do you have on your body that you've survived? What scars do you have under your shirt? I know you have made up now, but what, what scars have you survived? It gives you an idea of where God wants you to be right now. What you ought to be doing right now. Because your wounded hand shall be your healing hand. I'm tired of people who haven't been through stuff trying to make it look like they know how to deal with stuff. Honey, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how difficult it is to be single in Abuja at 35 and uh, looking good, nice skin, all hips, tips, fingertips all together, serving God and somebody comes with a big uh, SUV and tells you they can do this, they can do that for you and you just say, I'm serving Jesus. I can go with you and you know in your heart of hearts you wish you could say yes can I go to lunch with you you know what will happen after lunch might be of uh, immediate benefit to you uh, can I speak to somebody uh, this Sunday morning you don't know what it feels like uh, when you have three children you're a husband you have three children who need to go to school in a few weeks time uh, and the bill is piling up madam has just given you a list of the bills that you have to pay and you look at your bank account nothing is there and you're wondering if you could just say yes to that madame that madame who has your number and who tells you you can just come around the house and just help her do A, B or C. You, you, don't, you don't know what it feels, that feels like. It's only when you've gone through it that you know what it feels like to say no and to stand for Jesus. Oh, in your office there are all sorts of deals flying right, left and center. All you have to do is just stay there. You don't even have to participate. But the mere fact that you were there when the deal was being concocted, you have your own share. You know what I'm talking about? I know what I'm talking about. The mere fact that you were there when they mentioned it, you have your own share. But now you're like, I don't want to be part of this because I know it is not, it is not pure. It's not purity. You have a high priest who has been through it and that qualifies him to be able to help you at such a time as this and the reason why you must overcome it and survive it is because there's somebody who is going to come to you tomorrow and you must have something to say if you fall what will you say what will you say your wounded hand is your healing hand I remember when I was in the university, there was this campus fellowship called Thunderbolt. It wasn't in my campus, it was in another campus, Apsu or so. How many of us know who went to Apsu and all that? You know Thunderbolt, yeah. Thunderbolt, they're a campus ministry, and all they do is to minister to cultists. Guess those who comprise, who made, who formed, who birthed that ministry? They were ex cultists. So, righteous men like me, who had never gone to club before, <laughs> They didn't know anything about drinking. They didn't know anything about all that. Where we tried to preach to them nothing. But when this ex-cultist go, I have four minutes. Right? When this ex-cultist go to these guys, they know exactly what to tell them because they know they have been there. They discovered that their wounded hand 
was their healing hand. The reason why they went through what they went through was because God was preparing them to be a blessing to those who were in that same situation. That's why you must stand strong and you must have the victory. God is counting on you to survive it, to thrive over it, to have the victory over it so he can send you back to them. He can send you back to them to be a blessing. God needs you to stand strong and not to fall. Because you are the agent that he's going to use. If Paul had just started complaining and whining and collapsed, God would not have been able to use him to bring a blessing to those who were in Malta. Look at somebody say, don't fall, stand strong. I know it's difficult, but don't fall, stand strong. Don't follow the bandwagon because you need to be able to say one day that you were in this situation, God brought you out of it so that you can be a blessing to somebody in that same situation. Your wounded hand is your healing hand. And if you've ever gone through anything, you must know the reason why you went through it is because God wants to use you to pull somebody out of it. Because you see, somebody is either in the same mess you found yourself last year, or somebody is about to walk into that mess and needs you to pull them out of it so you can't afford to fall. Sometimes we don't stand just because of us. We stand because of those we know we're going to have to pull out when they fall. This is deep. This is Christianity in another level. Because you're not just standing because of you, who you are and who God has made you to be. You are standing because there are people who are around you who need you to stand. Who needs you to stand? It's not just about you. There are lives connected to you. Publius was connected or the father of Publius and everyone who was sick in Malta were connected to Paul. But Paul could not have any blessing in their life if he did not stand. If he had fallen at the hand of the viper, everybody who was sick in Malta would have remained sick. But they got their healing because they were connected to Paul standing. Stand because somebody somewhere is looking up to you and needs you to stand. Mr. Husband, stand and be pure and stand in integrity sexually financially because there is a family that needs you to remain standing or else they will crumble there are brothers there are sisters who need you to stand strong because if you don't stand strong and you fall they too will not rise madam wife madam sister you need to stand strong because there are little ones. First of all, there is a husband that needs you to stand. There are children that need you to stand. There are sisters that need you to stand. It's not just about you. There are people connected to you. Everybody wants a destiny helper. But do you know that you are a destiny helper to somebody else? And if you don't rise in your position and stand they can't get their destinies transformed because your wounded hand is your wonder hand but that's not even the end of the story I'll end in the next one minute the best part of the story is 
that Paul and his company of sailors arrived in Malta, broke, barely standing, barely alive. They lost everything in the shipwreck and they came into an unknown island. And the Bible says when they finished as they were leaving, they laden them with everything as was necessary. So the way Paul came into his Malta moment was not the way Paul left his Malta moment. The way Paul came into his pain and his shame was not the way he left. I want to speak to somebody in here that if you can stand strong, the way you came into that situation is not the way you're going to live. It might look like you're missing a few things now, but when God is done with that season of your life, he's going to load you. It pays to stand. You are living this situation, this pain, healthier, wealthier, better, smarter, richer, more glorious than you ever were before. You came into it broken, but you're living healed. You came into it pain, but you're living complete. You came into it half, but you're living overflowing. Why? Because God cannot use you and dump you. He ain't no user. God ain't no user. He ain't no dumper. If he called you to do something and you're standing there, God is going to load you more. The Bible says, as they were leaving, they left with everything that they needed, you are going to get everything that you need. Far more than you need. You are going to get everything that you need. Far more than you need. You are going to get everything that you need. Far more than you need. Is anybody here going to receive it? I don't know what you're looking for, but you're going to get it. And you're going to get much more because God is using you. And he ain't no user. He ain't no dumper. If he called you, he will... He's going to equip you with much more. God cannot take from you. He will only increase you. Hallelujah. Let's bow ahead because of time. Father, I thank you. I thank you because I know that you have done great things today. We bless you, mighty Father. Thank you because of the revelation that our wounded hand is our healing hand. But what I'm taking out of the sermon for me is that I have to stand strong because there are other people who need me to stand strong. Help me to stand when the viper attacks me. Help me to stand when the snake eats me up. Help me to stand when they call me a devil, when they call me a murderer, when they call me evil just because they don't understand me. Help me to stay cause, stay stand and stay on with on course for what you've called me to do. Why? Because there are men positioned around me that will not come into their place of destiny until I stand strong. Thank you, mighty Father. I give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Look at somebody and tell them your wounded hand is your wonder hand. Well, if you believe it, somebody shout aloud, amen as well. You've just listened to an amazing message by Pastor Chinedu Unwosu of the Bree Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. at the Nafil Arcade and Water Park, Vuse Zone 7, and midweek services at the Chiratin Hotel, number 30 Sokode Crescent, Vuse Zone 5. God bless you.